What is good, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Levin Black. Levin, week three begins tonight, and Niners are hosting the Giants. It's always conflicting on Thursdays, and not like, yes, I'm excited because Niners football is here sooner. But at the same time, like Thursdays worry me because I think they're an advantage for the less talented team because there's less time to game plan. So right talent doesn't necessarily matter as much and then it also means that there's a 10-day break <laughs> after so it's kind of no. like i'm excited because it's a prime time game but then at the same time it's like i know what comes after 10 days and that's a long time to sit and wait for a game true and i totally agree on thursdays like sometimes weird stuff happens but i just think the 49ers are so much better than the giants that hopefully some of that is mitigated and i like that that the niners are at home we'll get to all of the preview stuff in a minute but i always say please rate review and follow the gold uh the uh, gold standard podcast network if you leave a review we will read it on the show this one comes from The Great MK, five stars, subject morning routine. I found this pod about two years ago when Rob was with Niners Nation, and I don't know how I got through my day without it. The daily 49ers and five helps me catch up on anything Niners related. My wife has gotten used to hearing it every morning when I get ready for work. She always asks, where's Rob and his 49ers updates? The new show with Grant is must listen. I love Mimosa Michelle. And this is the best part. Levin is always there to bring us down to earth with his doom and gloom, worst case scenario perspectives. Steph and her Nick Bosa impersonations are worth dying for. Overall, a great pod that is very well-rounded. There you go, Levin, bringing everybody down. That might be the only female that looks forward and misses when you're not talking, talking about his wife saying, where's Rob? Uh, My wife. Hello. No, there's a reason why you're relegated down to the basement for a reason. (laughs) And I do the majority of my work when she's at her job. (laughs) Yeah, you might have a factor there. Uh, But please continue to give us ratings and reviews. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That helps push us up the charts, and that is huge because it helps new people discover the show, and that's obviously really hard to do for a podcast. Now, okay, let's dive into it. We're going to get into the preview for tonight's game because Friday is usually our betting show, which I do with Michelle Majuk. Obviously, that's not going to help you out this week, but Levin and I have come prepared. We each have best bets for the week. See, we're trying to take care of you. Even though it's a Thursday game, we still want you to win some money. How hard was it for you, Levin, to pick out three bets for tonight? Hard? I wouldn't say it was hard. I literally just... I scroll through the bets and I go, all right, that's one that I'm pretty darn sure the statistics will back up going this way. And then I go find the statistics and uh, I don't know, probably took me five minutes to find three, but then I spend another half hour getting the statistics so that I have the evidence to back it up. So are you like, I have a system guy when it comes to your sports betting? Like I have a, a blackjack system. I do have a system when it comes to sports betting. I don't tend to do it. (laughs) <laughs> come on <laughs> there, there's a reason because it ruins it for me like i get so frustrated because i will research and i'll find logical bets right like hey this should hit 70 percent of the time right because that's what the history shows mm-hmm. and then when it doesn't hit i hate it and it pisses me off and it ruins my week so i've just kind of stopped sports betting because i'm a very logical very analytical person as you know so when the analytics point to, hey, this is a really good bet heavily in your favor, and then I'll have a week where, you know, three out of four miss or whatever, 
it just pisses me off to no end. I don't like when the analytics back something up and then the results end up being different. Yes, sometimes things happen that you don't expect in sports. This just did. Okay. You have three best bets. I have three best bets. I'll give you the honors. Give me your fastball, the number one bet you are most confident in tonight, 49ers-Giants. Daniel Jones, under 215.5 yards passing. Hmm. And there's a reason for it. Uh, One, his name is Daniel Jones. He was under 215 yards last season, 12 out of 16 games that he played. So just Daniel Jones by himself is 75% of the time. But then on top of that, the 49ers last year allowed less than that 65% of the time. So you combine those two, you have a very high probability that he should not hit that. And something that you're going to hear me say a lot, as we discussed the best bets, the Giants are missing four starters, three of them on offense, including Saquon Barkley and the whole left side of their offensive line, their tackle and their guard. Both are not going to play tonight. So that helps you in this bet for a variety of reasons. And also, too, Levin, I think it's going to help because I think Daniel Jones is going to have to run a lot. And the more he runs, obviously, the less he passes for. So that all goes in your favor for this bet. Well, yeah, there's I mean, there's other stats that you can back up just because Daniel Jones sucks. Like he, <laughs> if it wasn't for Zach Wilson, he would have the worst rating when under pressure. But Zach Wilson beats him out the last two years. You know, so he's not good under pressure. What are the Niners likely to do considering the uh, Giants are missing, I think, two offensive line starters, including their left tackle? He's going to be under pressure pretty much every single snap. What What is Wilkes going to do? He's going to know that he's going to blitz to get that pressure, to make sure he has that pressure because he is terrible when under pressure. And then I think his rating is right around 100 when he's not pressured. So it, it's clear, get the pressure on him and he sucks. His rating under pressure, if anyone's interested, is 26.2. That is uh, putrid, to say the least. So I totally am with you on that bet. Man, I didn't realize just on his own he had been under that mark so many times. He only had like 3,200 yards last year. So that's what – that was the initial thought. I saw that and I was like, all right, I know Daniel Jones had crazy low passing yards last year for starting the whole season. Let me see what the actual numbers are because I'm betting that's a good bet. Yeah, that – you, you convinced me with that one. I'm not going to lie. Okay. I want to get to this comment because it leads me right into my best bet. Aaron Rodriguez watching on YouTube says, how many sacks for Bosa today is two weeks enough to get into football shape? I think it is. By the way, Nick Bosa has been tremendous already this year. Even without a sack, he has the highest PFF grade of anybody on the 49ers. Like, so that tells you he's been really, really good. My fastball best bet for this game is that Nick Bosa gets at least one sack. Just even if the Giants had everybody, I would still feel super confident about this bet. When you factor in the weaknesses on the offensive line that we've talked about, when you factor in Bosa himself said after the game last week, hey, I wasn't in football shape. I needed two weeks. Now I feel like I'm good to go. I think Bosa is going to absolutely eat tonight. I don't know how many he's going to get, but I'm really confident he's going to get at least one. And if you go to DraftKings, I think you can get Bosa. I think the number is actually 0.25. So all he needs is a half sack for you to hit the over. Mm. I think he's going to get at least one. Now that's what I was going to ask. Was this like a prop bet of he gets at least one or is it the over-under? Over-under of 0.25. Like I didn't even make it that far in, into it. I didn't get down to where the defensive because I knew enough enough things 
jumped out to me before then. I didn't want to come in with eight different things. I know you guys normally do three between you and Michelle. Uh, but yeah, that, that's uh, pretty ridiculous. Like he's going to get one. He's not going to go three straight games. I, I would bet. I'm, I'm not curious. Has Bosa ever gone three straight games without a single half sack? I bet he is not in his career. That's actually really interesting. I'm going to stall for a little bit while I look it up. <laughs> All <Okay>. right. Well, <laughs> there was a comment up here that I really, uh, I really liked. Let's see if I can find it because it it did uh, pique my curiosity. Um, what okay. size of shirt do you wear? <laughs> that shirt a boys medium. <laughs> I have a boys medium. Problem, okay, <laughs> what do you want from me? This is what I got. Okay, this is the shirt that fits. <laughs> Leave me alone. <laughs> I saw that comment. I was like, dang, just the way that I think I'm closer to the camera. So the way you're sitting back and then, yeah, you are a little scrawny compared to me. Uh, it, it just it was like, yeah, he does kind of look tiny in that shirt today. Mm, commenters got <laughs> jokes today. By the way, if you're wondering, Nick Bosa did go three straight games without a sack his rookie year. Weeks eight, nine and ten. He went sackless. So mm. it has happened before. Hopefully uh, it hasn't happened or it won't happen, I should say, since then. Uh, Josh Hutchins says six sacks coming tonight for the defense. I was actually on with Kay Adams a little while ago. She asked me over or under seven sacks tonight for the Niners, oh. since that's what the Cowboys got against the Giants earlier this year. I said under seven sacks mm-hmm. is a lot. Like, you could have a, a five-sack game and be absolutely dominant. But So I took that under. But, yeah, I think it's going to be a big night. I think Hargrave is going to get a sack for the defense. I think Bosa will get one. And I think Drake Jackson is going to get one because I think there's going to be such a push from everywhere else in the defensive line that Jones is going to have nowhere to go, and he's going to get flushed to Drake Jackson. I wouldn't be surprised if all four get at least half a sack because I think it's going to be one of those lots of half-sack games where, like, multiple people are converging because that offensive line is just not good and missing a bunch of people on top of it. But I will say that I, I would be shocked if they get more sacks than the Cowboys because the one thing the Cowboys have that the Niners don't is a speed freak of a pass rusher. Yeah. The Niners do not have that. None of their pass rushers are these like crazy speed freaks. Javon Hargrave, yeah, he has incredible first step, but he's not going to chase down a good right. running quarterback. He's a defensive- is not going to chase down a good running quarterback. Drake Jackson is not going to chase down a good running quarterback. Eric Armstead is not going to do it. Michael Parsons, you're not getting away from him. And that's who dominated that game. Like he came flying in multiple times in that game and there's no getting away from him. Gold Rush Empire says something that I think a lot of people are feeling right now with the 49ers. After that big contract, Nick Bosa needs to have at least two sacks. I feel like people think that about Bosa every single game. That's, it's not going to work like that. He doesn't have to get a sack. Just because he doesn't get a sack doesn't mean he didn't have a good game. I think he led the team in pressures last week. I think he had five pressures in the game. Like, you can still have an incredible impact on the game without getting a sack. But when you sign that contract, I feel like people expect, you know, every series you got to have a sack. Yeah. I I mean, I I get the line of thinking. but That's kind of like saying, well, Patrick Mahomes has to have at least 350 yards passing every game. Right. Like, he, he can have a phenomenal game and not hit that. What you're really paying for, I feel like, is not necessarily quantity of sacks or touchdowns or yards for Mahomes in that case. You're paying for quality, right? You right. want Mahomes to be able to have that drive in the big moment at the end of the game, maybe make a throw that isn't even really there, but it's just a perfect <clears throat> pass. Same thing with Bosa. 
got to have it sack, end of the game, red zone, whatever the case may be. You're paying him for that sack. You're not paying him for a sack on second and 10 on the first drive of the game. I, that's what I think anyway. Yeah, and you, you got this comment up, uh, talking head with the Super Chat. Six sacks is an absurd order. Also, so far, I think Dallas is the better defense. I read that because I wanted to comment. Dallas has been the better defense. Well, hold on. They've played. The mean, I think they are the better defense, but they have been the better defense. They're not giving up the huge plays that they have been. And that's because Diggs has had two games in a row that he hasn't given up the big catch. You know, we know what he is. He is a gambler. He's going to get the interception or he's going to give up a 30 plus yard bomb. That's what he does. And so far, he's been able to prevent those big bombs. So they're looking better than they normally do. But like you were hinting at, a lot of that is the competition that they faced. And then they face the Cardinals this week, by the way. So they're, they're going to look even better. What a pillowy, soft freaking schedule. Uh, Waltony one-on-one watching on my Twitch page at Stats on Fire says, teams will also adjust specifically for Bosa. They're not going to just lay out the red carpet for him. That's true, but I think that's also part of the reason the Niners wanted Javon Hargrave is because, okay, you're going to go crazy guarding against Bosa, then Hargrave's going to be able to pressure you up the middle with Armstead also. I think that was sort of the plan. Uh, we'll see how it works out. Okay, best bet number two for you, Levin. I got Darren Waller under 45 and a half receiving yards. Mm-hmm. And this is a lot to do with the Niners defense specifically. The Niners defense, their rankings the last four years in terms of yards given up to tight ends, they were first, first, third, and then eighth last year. Eighth last year is skewed because 20% of that came because they faced Kelsey. Right. So Kelsey had 98 yards and that attributed to 20% of that. If you take Kelsey out of it and redo their number, their average number, they end up jumping to like second. So basically they're a top five defense facing tight ends, which is the Fred Warner Greenlaw effect. When you have crazy fast linebackers in the middle of the field, that really affects it, but it goes further than that. So I I got some, I'm going to read these because these are very detailed statistics. The 49ers allowed 30 or less to the top tight end of the team they were facing in 12 out of 17 games last year and less than 41. And remember the over under is 45 and a half in 14 of 17. Now the one thing that gave me pause is one of the three times that a tight end made this number last year against them was Waller himself. Right. In that game against the Raiders where they just went crazy. Right. It was the Stidham game. So that's kind of why I discounted Overall, you got about 70% of the time the Niners hold their starting tight end opponent under 41 yards. So very high probability. And there's no Devontae Adams like there was against the Raiders. You know, there's there's nobody else for the Giants. Right. Like there was wide receivers don't even scare anybody. Uh, and you've got Fred Warner there, like you said. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that. I w- that wouldn't have been my fastball. I- I'm glad you didn't lead with that, but I'm on board with that. for day. So far, you're two for two. I mean, if you can convince me, I feel like you're. <laughs> it, I always hate the over-unders where one play can take it. You know, like 215 yards for a quarterback. One play is not getting them that. 45 mm-hmm. and a half. One play, the Warner hits a seam or Waller hits a seam and nobody's there. He could get 50 yards and then it's over. Yeah. That always worries me. That's why I don't do like touchdown bets and stuff like that. Cause it's literally, Oh, I don't think this guy will score or anything. And it's like one play changes that or the over I, over under is taking the under of a guy that oh, I don't think he'll get 25 yards. I don't do those. Yeah. Michelle and I have sort of a 
unofficial policy to almost never take unders because we just I don't like rooting for things not to happen, if that makes sense. Like yeah, I would never I'm here to change it up. All three of mine are unders. Spoiler alert. Oh, of course. <laughs> Shocker. The human wet blanket takes three unders in his best bets. Uh, my second best bet, I feel pretty confident in this one. Daniel Jones, at least one interception. I mentioned his rating under pressure. It's 26.2. That is hideously bad. He also holds on to the ball longer than anybody except Justin Fields, or at least he did last year. So he's going to hang on to the ball. He's going to be under pressure, I, especially if the Niners get up by a couple scores in this one. I feel like he's going to feel pressure to try and make a play. And, oh, by the way, the 49ers are great at intercepting the ball. They led the league in picks last year, tied for the league lead in picks last year with 20. So I think somewhere in there, the Niners are going to get one tonight. Let's get a bold prediction. Who gets it? Oh, geez. Um, I'll say Hufanga. I'm going to give Hufanga the pick tonight. See, I'm going the other way. I'm going Gibson, who, by the way, is the only person to uh, not have given up a reception in the first, like, two weeks among starting DBs. Hey, Deshaun Gibson. How about that? Nobody's targeting him. He's only been targeted something like three times. Like, nobody's targeting his side of the field. But I think it would be Gibson because I think they are going to go – they're going to get desperate and start chucking deep, and so that's why I think a safety is a good bet. Yeah, you may get one early, and then you may steal another one late. Uh, I just think that the Niners' defense is really, really good at forcing turnovers because the more you put the other quarterback under pressure, the more likely you are to get a turnover, interception, fumble, whatever it may be. And I just think it's going to happen. And as long as it does, if that happens, by the way, and the Giants set up the Niners with a couple of short fields, I think this is going to be just a blowout walk-in-the-park victory for San Francisco. I mean, it should be. It's not just like the Niners are clearly better than the Giants, but the Giants are missing so many important people. Like, right. And they got to travel a really long distance. Like, no, I mean, they stayed in Arizona. Did they stay in Arizona? I did not yes. know that. Yep. They stayed because they played the Cardinals and they stayed mm-hmm. out West. Gotcha. Well, that makes sense that they would stay out West in that scenario. Yeah. Because that would be brutal. Short week and a literally yeah. cross country flight. No, That's thank true. you. Uh, okay, so that is my best bet number two. What is your best bet for number three tonight? So this is the one that I knew before I looked at anything I was going to be taking because I heard a statistic in the offseason that makes this something that you should just bet every single game every single week. 60% of the time last year, the under for points hit in all NFL games. Wow. So right there, if you just bet the under in every single game, you're going to make money. You made money, yeah. And this year, the offense is off to a really bad start. Offenses are off to even a worse start than that this year. But then, what do we know about Thursday Night Football? Offenses struggle more often than not. 65% of the time last year, the under was hit on Thursday Night Football. So you combine those two and the fact that the Giants are probably not going to be able to do anything offensively and the Niners are going to be content to just run the ball and make this a short game where there's not as many plays, you got a pretty good chance of the under hitting. What's the number? 44, sorry. 44. Under 44 total points in the game. Man. The, the, Niners, the Niners could get 34 of them and it still hits the under. <laughs> the Niners could also put up 44, though. That's the only thing that worries me. They will because if, that, if they get up like that, if they hit 30 points and they're up 20-plus points, Shanahan's just going to run, 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 run and eat that clock, and it's going to be an incredibly fast fourth quarter. 
Yeah, that's also. But the Giants stink against the run. Like just because you run doesn't mean you're not gaining yards. That could be the thing. Um, I but I I think I agree. I don't think the total is going to get to 44. Um, that's a lot of points. I don't think the Giants are going to contribute much to that total. I agree. The thing, the only thing that worries me is that Brock usually puts up 30. Like his offenses have put up 30 points in every game except the the short week Seattle game when he had a broken rib. But you can live with 30 if you're in terms of this bet, as long as the Giants don't do anything. Right. Why don't you bet the under on Thursday Night Football every week then, Mr. I don't like the sports bet? Because I don't do sports betting because it frustrates me when I don't win. Right, but I do. It it ruins the experience for me is what happens. And I'm also somebody that doesn't have very good discipline when it comes to that. And, like, literally, this will be the first year I haven't put money in. I'm probably not going to ever deposit money because I don't have good discipline because I get bored and I go, Ooh, I'm going to do this 10 game parlay and I waste all my money. You know what I mean? (laughs) I waste all my money on that, hoping for these like crazy things because I enjoy doing that. But then, you know, they almost never pay off. You know, you're looking at a one in a thousand payoff type thing. So I just this year I, I was honest with myself and I said, you know what? Why waste the money? Because I get frustrated by it and I don't have good discipline. So I end up spending a lot of my money on these like stupid bets because I think it's funny and fun. Christian Lambert wants to know, is that a game-worn Steve Young jersey in the background? Well, I said, is that a worn Young jersey? Yes, it's worn about (laughs) 85,000 times by me. I bought it in sixth grade, and I still wear it. The value has gone down. Wait, you could still fit into a jersey that you bought in sixth grade? Yeah, it's not uh, overly comfortable, but it it barely covers the belly. Put it that way. Okay, well, we're going to make it up to cover. The belly. And by the way, I was much skinnier than you when I bought that. He I was a twig that. growing up. I, I stopped growing in seventh grade. I was six foot in seventh grade. I was always much taller than everybody else. Stopped growing in seventh grade. And yes, that's always going to bother me because I should have been taller. But in seventh grade, I wrestled at six foot, 120 pounds. And how'd you do? Uh, well, I was academically ineligible because I didn't actually want to wrestle. My dad made me. So I purposely had one class that I kept like just below and then right before the semester ended i got the passing grade because i didn't actually want to wrestle <laughs> ryan hamblin said steve young used to teach me in church ha niner till i die all right um i like that best bet from you i'm gonna get to my last best bet and that is eh, Jordan- nobody cares <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna go kittle over 42 and a half receiving yards I think this is going to be a Kittle game, especially because we don't know what's going to happen with Ayuk. I think even if he plays, he's not going to be used a ton. Unwrap George Kittle. Let's go. Take him out of the packaging here, people. Give me some George. He always has a couple of games every year where he absolutely blows up. And not that this counts for the bet, but just I found out from Steph Sanchez this morning when I was on with her, Kittle has four touchdowns in five career Thursday night football games. So he's usually good for a score, and I think he's going to hit on some yardage too. So I'm going to take Kittle at over 42 and a half receiving yards. I don't disagree with you. It's probably time for a Kittle game. Yes. And the Giants are not particularly good at stopping tight ends. But I would say I pretty much at this point would have an unofficial policy to not bet an over on Kittle because you can't trust he's going to be any part of the game plan. Fair. Uh, that that would just be like I, I can't get with you on that one, even though yeah, I think it, it has a good chance of hitting if I'm just looking at it analytically. 
But if I'm looking at it, knowing this team, I go, I don't trust Jack crap about Kittle getting the opportunity to have receiving yards. It's not about Kittle's talent. It's about the opportunity in the offense. Hindman says Kittle's not healthy. I don't know if that's true. I will say this. This is kind of what convinced me. Kittle over 42 and a half is minus 135. So Vegas is telling you they think he's going to do it. The under yeah. 42 and a half is plus 105. So that means you bet $100, you get $105. So Vegas, that kind of swayed me like maybe Vegas, they're usually pretty good at this gambling stuff. So I'm going to go over. He may only have like three catches, but it could be like three catches for 60 yards too. They may get him on a couple of pop plays deeper down the field. I'm going to go with Kittle over, although I understand your fear because he does have those games like last week, like three catches, 30 yards. You're just like, what the hell? But this is a roll of the dice. That's why it's number three on my best bets. I mean, whatever you got to tell yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Like like I said, if you look at it uh, analytically, it makes sense because the Giants, uh, I, I want to say they were sixth worst against tight ends last year. I can't remember exactly. I know they were in the bottom 10. Uh, they're not a fast defense. So that typically leads to your tight ends being able to have b- bigger games. The faster the defense, the easier it is for them to be able to cover the slightly slower tight ends. I saw uh, this comment from YouTube channel member Chris Maldonado. By the way, if you want to become a YouTube channel member, please do. It's less than $3 a month. You get priority comment response, custom emojis, membership badges. Please, please, please consider it. It's a great way to support the channel. Chris says, do you think Elijah Mitchell gets some play today? Kyle Shanahan talked about that, how he feels bad about his usage of Christian McCaffrey. He wants to get Elijah Mitchell more run. I almost took this, Levin. His over-under for rushing yards tonight is 32 and a half. That was super tempting for me. You didn't take that bet. How do you feel about that number? Uh, It wouldn't shock me if uh, Eli Mitchell plays the entire fourth quarter. (laughs) Like Mm. I I do think this is going to be a case of if the Niners get up big, there's going to be somebody like Christian McCaffrey that gets pulled. I, I can see that. that. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't be surprised to see a Jordan Mason sighting, who I don't think has a single snap this year. Wow. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, Eli Mitchell only has like eight snaps or something like that. So it's not like there's a lot. Um, but I, I do think that Eli Mitchell gets some run. I think they'll purposely give him some run because you also got to think about it like, you got to make sure the backup is prepared in case something does happen to the starter. You never, ever, ever play them. They're not, they're going to need, you know, a little bit of rust time and you don't want that. So I think this is a game that you do go give Eli Mitchell 10 carries or so. Talking head says, how about we see a back beside CMC in such a quote unquote easy game. Don't overuse him or else he won't be there later. I didn't think about that. I was just thinking of Shanahan, like mixing in Mitchell throughout the game. But you're right. Maybe if they get a big lead, he just pulls McCaffrey and then Mitchell gets the whole fourth, which either way, it doesn't matter for the purposes of that bet. It doesn't matter when he gets the yards. Um, I mean, it's he, not it's not like Eli Mitchell is a bad runner. It's not like you're, right. oh, we're throwing in our backup quarterback. No, it, it's a guy that you were happy with him as the starter. He just kept getting hurt. And God help us. Please avoid the injuries. I saw somebody, uh, Scott Brown said please oh please oh please no injuries a win and no injuries is the best outcome that's true we keep talking blowout it doesn't have to be a blowout a one point win and no injuries so i would be happier in a pig and uh, i like this comment because it's uh humor right up my alley 
Wall Tony 101 on your Twitch. Pull Purdy, stick CMC in a QB and get more reps there. <laughs> right. <bro. laughs> that's, my, that's my style of humor. It's a little bit sadistic, but also just kind of like a dry, sarcastic humor. I think Debo would make a push to be the uh, emergency, emergency quarterback. He has a touchdown pass. Remember, he threw it to Jennings mm-hmm. against the Rams. So he's seen Debo throw it a little bit. Uh, okay. Oh, I wanted, we got an update on this Steve Young thing. Apparently Ryan Hamblin says the funny thing is it's actually true. Steve Young lived down the street from me. And when we were Mormon, he was my Sunday school teacher. Are you jealous, Levin? I know you love Steve Young. Uh, all right. I'll be uh, brutally honest here. Am I jealous? No. Cause I have no interest in being su- in Sunday school. But how was Steve Young, your Sunday school teacher? Wasn't he playing football on Sundays? Depends on his age. He went to uh, BYU. He is literally a, a descendant of Brigham Young himself. Uh, so it could have been in college, you know, when Steve Young was in college. Because uh, I do think, if I'm not mistaken, BYU has certain requirements of graduation and you have to do a certain amount of stuff with the church. If you're a descendant of the person the school is named after, you have to pay tuition. Uh, well, if you're the starting quarterback, no. Well, he wasn't when he got there, though. Don't oh, forget, he was like sixth or something. Like Jim McMahon was there when Steve Young was there, and he was like a god, according to All Steve right. Young. Um, I, I do. Uh, I always took pride in this. My high school, you know, they would have some like motivational posters in the locker rooms and stuff when you're getting changed for gym class and stuff. And they always had the Steve Young while he was at BYU. I, I can't remember the quote, but it was him talking about like having to be prepared and and to be able to handle the fame that came with being so great in college and as a Niner fan that always made me happy because I, I would walk by that every day on my way, way to gym class you know because it's sitting there in the locker room this BYU poster of Steve Young damn that's old school Steve Young uh Ryan Hamblin says Steve Young lived in Provo Utah still has a house there it was during the off seasons when he lived mm-hmm. back Utah, so there you go well then why don't you hook me up Ryan can you get it like <laughs> I've been trying to get Steve Young on the show for two years for Levin can you get me like a email or a cell phone, something, please? Because that is, I want to be able to do that for Levin because he's helped me out so much. And selfishly, I would love to talk with Steve Young also, but I have been unable to procure Mr. Young on the show. So we got to okay. get that going. Everybody watching this right now or listening to the podcast, clip it and make sure you tag Rob in that over and over and over that he really, really appreciates me. And I've done so much for him, and I'm invaluable to him because I want him to never forget. Oh, so I just tag him over and over again on Twitter. Clip that and send it to him, and just you know, make that his his timeline during this game on Thursday night. I want to be that clip. Let's not say <laughs> things that are untrue. I never said you're invaluable. Let's hold on there. I say nice things about you all the time, you jerk. <laughs> all right, uh, Thursday you're night. Thursday night football tonight. Do you have a final score prediction for the game? Uh, yeah, the Niners score a lot of points and the Giants don't. <laughs> Do you think this, this is one like, like I said, the over and under? It, I, I'm not gonna lie. When I looked at it, I was like, dang, I wish it was a little higher than 44 because I do think the Niners could get all the way to 40. But like I said, I do think the Niners make it a quicker game. So, uh, the number I've had in my head, I mentioned it earlier in the show is the Niners get 34. I could see this being a push bet, by the way, because I could yeah. see a 34 to 10 score pretty darn easily. Uh, 
Do you think that we'll see kind of what we saw this week? Like the Niners didn't get a ton of credit for beating the Rams, even though the Rams beat the Seahawks, because I think people were expecting them to blow the Rams out and that didn't happen. And so people are kind of like, mm, I don't know about the 49ers. Do you think if they just win the game, you know, if they happen to win it 24, 21, something like that, people will say, Hey, what's going on with the Niners? Uh, a little bit. It, it, this is what the storyline is going to be. There's going to be a direct comparison made between the Niners and the Cowboys because the Cowboys beat the pants off the Giants. Mm-hmm. And this is the right. first common opponent. So whatever the results are, if they dominate, they go, see, the Cowboys are the top two teams. This team, this is going to be a, a massive clash in week five. It's throwback to the 90s this year. If the Niners struggle but end up winning, they're going to go, see, the Cowboys are better. And if the Niners lose, they go, see, the Niners aren't even for real even though the Cowboys haven't played anybody. Uh, right. Daryl says, good morning, fellas. Don't forget, this is the field where we had our 2020 disaster. I hope we don't have a repeat of that. No, it's not, Daryl. That was in New York at MetLife Stadium. This is in mm-hmm. Levi's. And, Levin, I don't know if you heard this. Apparently, Ed Sheeran did played a concert at Levi's yeah. over the weekend, and they replaced yeah. the whole field. So Jed York got rid of that whatever beat-up field was there, and they brought in a whole new field for the game tonight, which – you know, I have to say, I give Jed your credit for because there's a lot of owners that don't give a crap about the playing surface that their players are on. And Jed York, you know, this ain't free. He's doing this. I know he's rich, but damn, good on Jed York for this. I mean, I've lost count how many times they've re- replaced that field yeah. in Levi's. Like, they they do it a couple times a season. Uh, if We all remember the issues it had early on. Early on in Levi, that field was bad. And it took <laughs> about three years for them to figure out the right mixture and everything. Because it is a unique field. I, I remember reading an article talking about the uniqueness of how much direct sunlight that field gets. Yet it's in the Bay Area close to the water. So it gets a lot of moisture on top of it. So mm. it, it was like a unique combination for trying to make that strong, good grass for grip. Because that was the big problem was like the grass would rip out. You know, somebody makes a cut and they're ripping a chunk of the field off is what was happening early on in in Levi's history. And they figured it out. And, you know, I used to worry about it, but there's been multiple times, like I said, over the last recent seasons where they've had to replace the field in short order right before a game. And there's been zero issues. So I'd be surprised if there's any issues with that. Good. That's the last thing. You don't want to be worried about any of that crap in this game. Get the win. Go to 3-0, and then you can sit back for 10 days and just watch everybody play and relax. And, you know, then you got the Cardinals coming up. So this could be a nice little stretch for the 49ers, but you have to handle your business. And I think they will at home. I was telling Steph earlier this morning, the one thing that the Niners have going for them that I think sort of prevents like a trap game sort of thing is I think the defense is going to be fired up because they started so slow last week in the first half. And I think that Brock Purdy is going to be a little fired up coming off. No passing touchdowns in the game. People questioning the deep ball stuff. I think both there's motivation on both sides of the ball for the Niners. I'll say this. They're taking things more seriously early this year. We saw that we interviewed juice. What was it? Two years ago. Mm-hmm. Right when they were starting to turn things around, he was like, oh, I think I think there's a new, you know, there's a different, I forget how he put it. He said something about how, like, we know how to get through this because the team was like three and four, I think, at the time that we were interviewing him. And he was like, we know how to get through this. We're going to turn the lights on and, and you're going to see a different team. You know, we're on top of it. And it was like, yeah, that sounds like a, a, a guy on a team that goes, yeah, we don't have to take things seriously until like week seven or eight. This year, uh, with the way that last year ended, 
I think they're out for blood against everybody. They are pissed off and they're like, I'm going to say it, Rob, they're like, all of you. <laughs> and they're, they're out to destroy everybody because they're mad about how last year ended. Well, good. That should be the right. attitude. That is the only acceptable attitude to have in this one. And go out there and do it and get the number one seed. We're just talking about sitting back and watching. Get the number one seed so you get that bye week. You should be able to do it. There's no reason why you can't do it. Arizona after this week, Dallas, which is going to be an absolutely insane game. Then yeah, Cleveland. I, I, want, I want drunk Rob <laughs> doing instant reaction with me from the stadium. Hmm. Not sure that's going to happen. <laughs> no, probably not. I might do an instant reaction on my own. I, I got to look at my schedule. I can't remember if I'm going to be at work for that game or not. If I'm not at work, I might do an instant reaction on my own. And I, I might be texting you saying, jump in here with your phone. I don't care the quality. Let's see the stadium. Let's see what Rob looks like in a game. Well, here's the thing. I have to catch a flight after that. I'm hopping on That's a red right. back yeah. to Connecticut. So I need to have at least some of my wits about me. Uh, talking head says, paraphrasing the art of war, a fool underestimates the enemy. Yeah, like I get it. But I also think that like, the enemy is really bad. <laughs> the Giants are not good. Um, and I just I think the Niners are just at a different level in this one. And uh, yeah, like I said, there's, I just don't think it's going to be a letdown. I think they're going to come out and rip the hell out of them. I mean, here's an analogy for you. I go to battle with my three-year-old every single day, but I'm confident I'm going to beat it. You know, <laughs> that I'm going to be able to handle whatever she throws at me and I'll come out just fine. She'll get, she'll get in bed happy and on time every day. And that, that's kind of the situation here is, you know, the Niners are fighting a three-year-old because the giants, like I said, it's not just that they're not, up to up to par it's also who they're missing in this game right they're down four starters like we said so the Niners play eight games before the bye 11 how many losses are you comfortable accepting before the bye uh right now I'm comfortable I, I can live with two they're six and two going into the bye I'm okay I would have wished for a little bit better with the way this season started and especially with the issues that the Bengals are having, like that's a much easier game. The Vikings, that defense sucks. So <laughs> I'm a lot more confident looking at the schedule than I was at the start of the year because the Bengals struggles, the fact that they went ahead and beat the Steelers already and the Vikings are not nearly as good. Uh, and I just have a lot of personal bad memories because I've gone to two games in Minnesota and they lost both. So that's like a I don't like at <laughs> at the Vikings. But mm -hmm. I am a lot more confident. So six and two, I can accept. Like I said, seven and one is a little more uh, what I'm expecting. But five and three would be what the hell are you guys doing? Yeah, that would be really, really bad. I think that Browns game is going to be interesting because their defense looks pretty good. But two losses at most before the bye is really mm -hmm. anything more than that. I would be really upset. Uh, Daryl says, oh, snap, the Niners game is at home. I feel so much better. Yeah, I would like to avoid the turf at MetLife as much as possible. Just ask Aaron Rodgers about that turf. He'll tell you all about it. All right, Levin, we did the score up. We did the score prediction. We both think they're going to win. Uh, I don't think I have anything else. I think we're going to do a short episode this week because the game is in, what, seven hours? Less? Yeah, and uh, works in four for me. Uh, I will be at work, but, you know, fingers crossed. It, it's an easier night at work, so I'll be able to watch, but... um I will not be joining you. Who who I do know. you got? Do you got anybody? Or are you going solo or what? 
right now I'm flying solo. I've been looking, I've been trying to grab somebody, but uh, so far it's looking like a solo show for me, which is fine. I've done it before. We get plenty of comments. Please join us after the game for the instant reaction show. Right when the game ends, bam, we fire it up. Hit the little bell on the YouTube page. That'll tell you, that'll notify you whenever we go live. Please like and subscribe to the YouTube channel, please and thank you. Levin? I got I got a question for you before we go. Okay. How does tomorrow work if the Niners win? Because normally you win the victory Monday, wear the victory Monday shirt yes. following the game. I'm assuming because it literally says Monday on it, you will save that for Monday because it's still a victory Monday. But what do you wear on Friday? Whatever the hell I want. <laughs> You're right. I saved the victory Plaid. Monday. Plaid is coming back on Friday. <laughs> it may be. It may be. Thanks for making the picture of me as Woody from Toy Story, by the way. <laughs> That's really what I needed to see on my time. <laughs> I take back the nice thing I said earlier. All right, everybody. Sometime 100 years from now, they're going to look back and be like, who is Rob Stats Guerrero? Oh, we got a picture of him. And it'll be that picture. <laughs> Let's hope that's not what my legacy is. Anyway, enjoy the game, everybody. Levin, thank you for hopping in. And uh, hopefully we're talking to you tomorrow with Mimosa Michelle. Well, maybe we'll both have a Mimosa celebrating the 13th straight regular season victory for the Niners. <laughs>